0: everybody. Isn't Jesus fun? (laughs) Um, For those of you that haven't met me, my name's Nick. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, And we want to make a very, very special welcome home temporarily to Tracy Kiria, who's back from Uganda. Uh, For those of you that don't know, Tracy and Jeff moved over to Uganda. When did you go? November time. They've been a part of this family here for a long time. We miss them dearly. We love catching up with the things um, that they've been doing. God is doing incredible stuff through them as they've relocated to Uganda. And we get to borrow Tracy back for a few months. So we are really delighted to have her back. Um, And we are in the middle of a culture series here at Newma Church. um, And we... This is like a gift today, because we're starting a new culture statement, and the culture statement is God is always working. And um, and many of you will know, Chris and I are just back from Bogota, where we saw things that blew our minds in terms of God working, stuff I've never seen before, never experienced before. Um, I've even got my red trousers on in honest to the South Americans who do nothing beige, can I say. If you've never been to South America, everything is at number 11 on the dial. There is like absolutely everything, the color, the noise. We were saying there's an orchestra, a full orchestra that play through the entire service. And every time anyone says Holy Spirit, everyone just gets up on the feet and is like, yes, and then you sit down again, you're like, here we go, and we're up again, and honestly, it is like an absolute, um, an honour to have been able to go there, and I'm going to tell you some stories from that today, but also some stories from close to home as well, because it turns out the Holy Spirit isn't just working in Colombia, it turns out that Holy Spirit is doing some pretty awesome stuff here in Ashford um, and in the UK, um, and we love partnering that, which is great. Um, so really, this... Um, I have got a clicker. Where did I put it? There. Here we go. This is what we say. Culture is the environment we curate to nurture the things we wish to see. And we've been looking. These are our 11 culture statements. You can get hold of one of these culture journals that's got them all in. Um, And we are focusing on number three, as I said, which is God is always working. And I'm going to squidge through here because Charlotte mentioned getting a culture group you should. But this statement is really based on this passage of scripture where Jesus has just healed someone. The religious leaders are not happy because he did it on the Sabbath. They are saying, oh, this doesn't seem..." And then he says that he is the son of God, which is like scandalous, absolutely scandalous to the religious leaders. And they effectively try and rebuke him. And he says this, My father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working." And what he means by this is it's not that, I mean, this may be a newsflash to you, God isn't only working on a Sunday morning. A bit like people say to Chris and I in our jobs, oh, you only work a Sunday, don't you? <laughs> um, you know, God isn't only just working on a Sunday. He's not only just working in a church service. I mean, I would suggest he actually is working far more prevalently outside of church services very often. He's working all the time, and that's what we are talking about today. So I know you've only just sat down, but I did say in Bogota, you're on your feet all the time. So I'm going to get you to stand back up again. And I'm hoping your eyesight is good enough to read these because we're going to declare these together. Um, these are the statements that we believe shape the culture here at Numa Church. So we're going to start with 3A, we expect. So we expect God to speak and act wherever we are and whatever we're doing. We create environments that welcome the Holy Spirit by looking for signs of what he's doing and saying and then join in. We believe that what was impossible yesterday is possible today because of who God is and the authority he has given us to see heaven come to earth. We boldly step into moments where miracles can happen by having a kingdom focus rather than a reliance on what we see or know in the natural. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's good. Um, you don't have to stand up again now, you're done for standing. Um, do take a seat. So Actually, what I could do now is give you like a theological exposition of God is always working. But I'm not going to do that. There's loads and loads of evidence in the Bible of how God is working. And I could do that for you. And if you want to spend time with me doing that, I will happily um, sit with you over a glass of something. And we can talk about the (laughs) theological basis um, for God is always working. And there is obviously, I will be using the Bible in this. But actually, what I have come to know is that the generation we live in isn't always interested in the deep understanding. There's only so much you can understand. We live in a Google generation. So a Google, a Google world says you can know pretty much anything. Information-wise, you can know it in like a minute. You can Google it. But experience and encounter is not something you can find on Google. And actually, the stories of breakthrough and miracles and power are not something that you can experience just in your head. It just doesn't make sense that way. And so what I actually want to do is just share with you a stack of stories this morning of where God has been working. Why? Because in the book of Romans, it tells us faith comes through hearing. And what happens is when we hear the stories of what God is doing and working, it raises our faith. It raises our faith and we're like, wow, well, if he could do that for that person, maybe he could do it for me. The answer is yes, he can do it for you. He's not, he hasn't got favorites. You're all his favorites, which means that he wants to do the stuff that you hear in these stories today in your life. And we also see in Revelation that it says this, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And what that means is in this passage of scripture, the word testimony means do it again. It means do it again. So when we hear the stories of what God is doing and we share the testimonies, the stories, we're actually inviting Him to do it again. And that's why it's not unusual to be in a gathered context where someone gets a breakthrough and then you see another one and another one and another one in the same vein. I once heard a brilliant story about someone who had um, an injury on their little finger and it was just really bothering them. And they thought, well, I'm not going to go forward for prayer for my little finger, you know, so I should just get over that. And God said to them, if it matters to you, it matters to me. And he healed them there and then. Well, they told that story. It turns out there are about five other people in that venue who had really niggly issues with their little finger. And they all got healed in that moment. And I love that kind of stuff. It's like, it doesn't have to be massive. It can be little things. If it matters to you, it matters to him. And he's not just into the big stuff. So I would encourage you this morning, if you've turned up here this morning and you need a breakthrough, be expectant. If you need a miracle, be expectant. Why not today? Why not here? Why not today? And if you've come here feeling like maybe God's forgotten you, and he's gone to sleep, and he's or that you've frustrated or made him angry in some way, and he's holding you at arm's length. I can tell you absolutely for certain today, he is good, he is for you, he loves you, and he's interested in you getting your breakthrough. And he's not asleep. And in Psalm 121, I love this. This I feel like this specifically is for some people here today who've basically come to the end of themselves where they're looking for some breakthrough in their life, and I'm like, I just don't know anymore. I just don't know. It says this I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He'll not let your foot slip. He watches over you He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed. He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day. Although, can I say, um, that's not literally because I'm covered in sunburn from (laughs) yesterday. So I'm claiming that for myself. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forever. He's not forgotten you. He's not asleep. He's not forgotten you. And you can be expectant that he is wanting to do amazing things in your life. So I'm going to start by telling you some stories of how God has been working over in Bogota. Now, very quick, Pracy. Um, We visited a big church out there. The conference had 20,000 people all sat on patio garden chairs in what was effectively a massive converted multi-story car park. I can't help you understand it better because it's really hard to understand because we have nothing like it here. Um, And the culture of honoring the Holy Spirit and seeing miracles happen is so captivating. And actually what I would say to the cynics among you is that Chris and I are both quite analytical. Um, We are not people that would just, I mean, I can be quite an emotional being, but actually we both went into this saying, okay, we're going to embrace all of this and then think about it afterwards. But there was a hope in us that it was real. You know when you're like, oh, like this is so amazing, I want it to be real. I'm telling you now, it is real, and it was real, and we experience the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in ways like I've never done before. And what happens is, rather than anybody ever laying hands on anybody to get breakthrough or miracles, all of those things were happening in an atmosphere of celebrating the Holy Spirit. So the pastor would come onto the stage and say, welcome the Holy Spirit, my best friend. And as he did, the whole place, 20,000 people would just start cheering, shouting, clapping, the whole lot. And sometimes that would go on for seven or eight minutes, which from a British culture, we're done after about 30 seconds, which even then we're like, Whoa. but you know, they are." Like it was absolutely incredible. And then suddenly the pastor would say, I feel like. People check yourself. I feel like there are people that have just got healed. I feel like he's doing this and this. And then one of the most moving things, in a huge venue of over 20,000 people, all the stewards have white flags. And if someone makes themselves known to the steward that they've just received a miracle, they run them to the front surrounded by white flags. So we were really lucky. We were kind of really privileged. We got sitting in the front. And you turn around, and down the aisles, all you can see is white flags, white flags, white flags, white flags, just running, 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 running. And it's people running to the front with their miracle, with their breakthrough. And then when they get to the front, they're met by a team of doctors. And the team of doctors, I told you you wouldn't be able to get your heads around this, a team of doctors is at the front, and the reason they're there is they're there to examine people and legitimise their miracle and basically know, is this? They're there to check their bodies out, and they're there to be able to see, like what's happened in your body, describe it, and then they check them out, and then effectively, they release them onto the stage to tell their story. And I'm going to tell you literally just um, a handful I can't possibly tell you all of them. So you'll see a picture on the screen now of a lady um, who had colon cancer. And she had a large mass on her side, um, and she had it was painful, um, and she'd had this for a long time. She was receiving treatment, and during the atmosphere of clapping, cheering, and thanking the Holy Spirit, she lifted her top up, and it had completely gone. And uh, so, yeah. So... Yeah, and we were saying, everything's in Spanish, everything. So we had translators talking to us in our ears. And what you had, we got it all slightly behind. So at the front, you'd just hear this, Espíritu Santo. And then everyone would be clapping and cheering. And you would hear, mass colon cancer, gone, gone in your ears. And then we would be a little bit late to the party. We'd be standing up going, yes, afterwards. So this was the first lady. This lady had fused bones in her wrist. She had no rotation in her wrist at all during the Worship. She suddenly went to raise her hands in worship. She realised she had total range of movement back in her wrist with no pain at all. Uh, It's better than that, just so you know. Like she had total movement back in her wrist. Thank you. There we go. (laughs) Okay, good. Yeah, you guys definitely aren't South American. Um, uh, (laughs) No, you are. We've got some South Americans in the house here. You can cheer us on. Um, So we also had this guy. So this is a doctor explaining what had happened. He'd had a kidney transplant 12 years previously. It had left him with a large mass on his side, really uncomfortable, painful, difficult. And the doctor is just saying, I've examined him. It is totally gone. There is no mass there anymore. (laughs) I purposefully have chosen different stories from all the people that came to hear the stories from Bogota last night, so that you can keep your faith levels up. I'm not just repeating the same level ones, but this one we did share last night. This little boy, you'll see the picture on the right, he had his foot run over by a motorbike and he had lost all sensation in the bottom of his foot. The tendons, cartilage ligaments were completely wrecked. Um, and uh, he basically had no sensation and no active movement in his foot. Um, during the worship, he. Said, suddenly started to move and then he ran the whole venue down to the front. Um, And here it is. This is my favorite part of this story. The doctors examined him when he got to the front and they found he has new cartilage, new ligaments and new tendons. So actually the Holy Spirit, there's been a total creative miracle. It wasn't that he just had sensation back. New body parts had appeared in his foot um, during the worship, which was pretty cool. So you might ask, yeah, yeah, Columbia, that sounds exciting. They must just see, like, extra stuff there. Well, not so. We see stuff like that here in Asheville as well. We've heard from Tricia this morning. Cancer that just disappears out of a body. You know, that's, that is an amazing thing. And that's not a one-off. Um, and in this culture journal, we write a story at the end of every section that tells the story of what we're going after. And this guy here, um, who I think you'll see on the screen, is called Chris. There he is with Herb there on the side. And the story is this. Week after week, a group of people, mainly from Ashford, would go onto the street and pray for people. Many people would walk past, even limping sometimes, yet claiming they didn't need prayer. And there are on many, many stories of our time on the streets, but here's one. There was an older gentleman, Chris, who was walking past, and we caught his eye and asked if there was anything we could pray for. He was on his way returning from the bank and had a bad back. He he was asked what level of pain was out of 10, and he said it was at a 10 while he'd been in the bank. He said he'd had injections and an MRI, and this had been going on for a year, and he was waiting for an operation date. He was prayed for. His pain went from a 10 all the way to a zero, and he said, if this is long-lasting, I don't want the operation. Chris then tried walking without his crutch and found he could walk normally. God is always working, and this team made themselves available to cooperate with what God was doing. And then a personal story from me, just a week before, um, and we keep, if you have got any mass or lump in your body today, by the way, that you are waiting for tests on, I would encourage you to keep checking it if, if you can. Um, during the service, because we just keep hearing stories of masses and lumps disappearing at the moment. So um, a week before we went to Bogota, uh, I went for a, an ultrasound scan, to which I thought nothing was going to come back. It was going to be completely normal. I received a phone call the next day to say, we have found a lesion on your womb. We need to get you in to have a procedure quickly. And within six days, God bless the NHS, within six days, I had an appointment to go to the hospital um, for them to investigate what this was. Now, understandably, I was pretty scared. um, And... uh, and wanting to hold faith. Now, my doctor absolutely loves Jesus, um, and she is an incredible lady, and she was able to reassure me um, that actually what the what the scan said and what was the reality in the kingdom were a different thing. I mean, what a privilege to have a GP that can do that, right? Um, I mean, I would tell you who they are, but then you're all going to sign up to go and see them. Um, so I will protect her list by not telling you who it is. Um, and so I was booked in for this procedure. Now, here's the first way God was working. I was pretty uh, uncertain and feeling quite scared. Chris came to me came with me to the hospital. We went to check in, and the time I spent in the reception area could only have been three to four minutes, I would say. During that time, Stephen, who is the chaplain at the hospital, happened (laughs) to be just there. Just at that very moment and came over and said, Hey, you visiting people? And I said, No, not visiting, coming for a procedure today. And in that moment, I'm checking in. He's laying hands actually on Chris because I was checking in um, and praying. And do you know what? It was like God saying, I see you. Just like Charlotte said about that surgeon humming the blessing. It's like God saying, In that moment, I'm always working. I see you. See, I've got someone I lined up to be literally at the reception desk ready to pray for you. I went in for the procedure. It was pretty horrible um, and hard. And then at the end of the procedure, the doctor, without even having moved away from my body, (laughs) said to me, there's nothing there. So, one... I have a medical background. I work as a speech and language therapist. I've worked in hospitals. You never tell the patient there and then. Like, you always do the whole, let's come back into our room, and, like, we just need to send off some more tests, because they took biopsies. But he broke all the rules. He was, like, and literally sat there, and he said to me, it's, there's nothing there. And I said, but what do you mean there's nothing there? It was 13 millimetres. They measured it. It was there. And he was like, well, it's not there now. And so I was like, yeah. So, um... Yeah, And then what was brilliant is he tried to give me a medical explanation, but he was really struggling. He was like, well, sometimes they misread the scans because of the thickening of the womb at certain times of month. I was like, what, a specific bit for 13 millimetres? And he was like, "Whoa!" And you could tell he was trying to give me a response that would satisfy me, but I was already satisfied and I knew what had happened in that moment. So... I mean, it's literally like Holy Spirit, Jack and Ori. I'm just going to keep pounding you with, um, with stories. So God isn't just working in physical healing. He's massively interested in our emotional well-being, our spiritual well-being, our financial well-being. He's interested in the whole of us and breakthroughs there. And when we say in our statements, culture statements, we create environments that welcome the Holy Spirit, looking for signs of what he's doing and saying and joining in, that's what happened last night. So a group of people came here to the warehouse, and we showed videos and told stories um, of what we'd seen God doing and how he was working in Bogota. This is literally a whistle-stop tour of, during the evening, Eli Sherman, how old is Eli? He's your son. I know. <laughs> Eli, who is of primary age, yeah. should we go with that? Nine, he's definitely nine. <laughs> Eli, who was nine, was sat on the steps here um, and he told us the story in such a beautifully understated way um, that he felt somebody behind him and he heard a voice say to him, I will always be with you. And then he got tapped on the shoulder and when he turned around, he just saw a shadow move across the wall and there was nobody there. And this is like we sometimes try and put god in a box right i'm um, sometimes most of the time we try and put God in a box of I would like you to move like this or do this thing and because I've seen that happen before I'd like you to do it again that way he just doesn't do that he doesn't play the game like he just doesn't like playing the game of always doing things the same way and so why wouldn't an angel appear to Eli who was just sitting unassumingly on a step to be reminded that that moment might mark that boy for the whole of his life that when things get hard he'll always know there was a voice that told him I will always be with you. It's precious. Thanks. And then... Brian, who's just sat over there, has been really struggling with arthritis, had limited movement in his hand. Um, During the evening, he's now able to make a complete fist and has that range of movement back. We've checked with him this morning. That is still the case. Uh, Alan Bisbee has had a gland on his neck that's been there for four weeks and has been quite big, and he's been um, struggling with that. And then he just came over and told us during the evening that during that time of prayer and worship, it had just disappeared. It had gone after four weeks, which is really exciting. (laughs) Uh, Sarah, who's at the back, had been struggling with terrible shoulder pain. She was still in some pain, but she had felt when someone had prayed for her like a fire was on her shoulder, and it was so, so hot, and she was receiving relief from that. Richard Eason, who dislocated his shoulder in a bike accident a while ago, had a 50% increase in range of movement in his shoulder last night. Ruth had a sense of total peace in her body for the first time in weeks, having experienced chronic pain. Lisa Dowdle had the confidence to pray for people for the first time and see breakthrough. Kerry, our um, new youth leader, was overwhelmed with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And if you've ever heard anyone belly laughing to the point where I said to to anyone near her, her stomach muscles are going to kill in the morning unless it's just a supernatural breakthrough. She was hysterical, absolutely hysterical. It was so joyous. She was just filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to keep going. I've got more time. So a story that we heard about financial breakthrough while we were away is a pastor who was pastoring a small church that was having a big impact in its local community. He'd worked for 12 years without a salary. Thing is, God is always working, but joining in is sometimes costly, And I think it's really important that we know this. So I love the stories. I love the breakthroughs. But this isn't cheap. It's not cheap. Actually, one of the things we learn is that seeing breakthrough requires devotion, it requires faith and it actually requires a putting aside a fear of man. It requires taking God out of a box and allowing him to move in a way that you might not like or you might not feel comfortable with or you wouldn't do it if you were God. I mean, thank goodness we're not all God. But there is a cost There is a cost to this. And this pastor believed so much in the power of God and that he was working, that he worked for 12 years without a salary. He went to this conference, the previous one, pre-COVID, and when he got back, he was given a gift, a one-off lump sum gift worth, this person didn't know, 12 years' salary. In one hit, his entire salary was paid for 12 years with a gift. Because God's always working. Another pastor was at risk of losing their church um, building during COVID, and he decided to sell his car. And um, isn't this interesting, culturally, when we're faced with financial issues and things like this, or when we're faced with, sometimes, I can speak for me, I can be like on my knees praying for breakthrough. And sometimes God is asking us to do something really hard. (laughs) And he's saying, I'll do my bit but you've got a bit too this pastor sold his car not only that but then 10 other people in the congregation sold their cars and with the price of the 11 cars they didn't just rent the building they bought the building <laughs> so so and you can say well surely that's not god working that's man working have you ever met 11 people that just willingly sell their car No, that's God working. But we like to say, oh, that's just man. No, it isn't. That's not human nature to sell 11 vehicles to pay for a church building. That is God at work. We have had our own story here going on. I won't give you full details because there's still some ongoing stuff. And obviously we're streaming, um, but we have had a situation here with this building that is very precious to us. We know that it's got asbestos stickers and pillars that are annoying and all of this kind of stuff but do you know what? We see breakthrough in this building time and time again and this building welcomes hundreds of people from our community into this space to be loved and to find breakthrough. But we received a notification that we were going to have a massive rent increase not a little one a massive one. Not the kind of look down the back of the sofa and see what you can find to pay that off. One that was so significant, actually in the natural, this was not going to work. We weren't going to be able to do it. Very long story short, Chris Tatton, one of the pastors here, he's um, away at the moment, led the charge in praying and fasting for days prior, prior to a meeting Um, That was happening around this. He prayed and worshipped pretty much every inch of this building. He fasted. He invited other people to come into the building to worship. He believed God had shown him pictures of a battle going on. And actually God was asking him to stand up and fight for this building. The first meeting was cancelled and postponed. The next one came, and when it came, the most incredible breakthrough happened. It's not fully resolved yet, but it is safe to say God is working in this situation. And actually, in a way that we couldn't have imagined, and when we can share the full story, we will. Please continue to keep praying for this situation, but know God is working in it. So many stories, like how do you decide which stories to not tell? Very quickly, this story, um, in terms of provision and God is always working. The beehive, I literally haven't got time to tell you the whole story. But when we had our first pop-up shop... Uh, Becca and I were having a conversation and there was a talk of, it was a pop-up, if we could have any shop in the whole of Ashford, which would be the ideal shop? And it was the old Merchant Chandler shop, um, which is on North Street. And we kind of declared that out loud. It was, at the time, it was a sex and lingerie shop on the downstairs and it was like a cafe that had never really worked on the upstairs. Um, And so that was like, oh, well, but it's being used. Um, Within a short space of time... Becca was approached by somebody. She didn't go anywhere. Becca was approached by someone saying, would you like this building? This is becoming available. And do you know when you say God is always working and it's not, not how you expect? Our landlord was the owner of the sex shop. Oh, my word, that man was a person of peace. He was incredible. He... He was such a person of peace. He went out of his way to accommodate us. He was on the downstairs. We wanted the downstairs. And then with some convincing, he moved his stuff upstairs. And we had a shared stock room. That was interesting for a while. LAUGHTER um, <and, yeah. laughs> We couldn't have any child volunteers in the shop at any time. Um, But do you know what? God is always working. And we saw amazing miracles in that place. And that picture that you saw come up um, was getting the keys to that building for the first time. Now, here's the thing. I often imagine, and I, I don't know how true this is, I often imagine in heaven, God with the angels where he's been planning something for years and years and years and years, and it's about to drop. And I often imagine him gathering them around and like, watch this, watch this, here we go. You know that thing we started years ago? Watch this, it's about to drop, they're about to get it. So that picture, if we can go back to that picture on the screen, look at the floor... Uh, in the picture. Now, we'd already said we wanted this building. It came to us. And then when we stood with the keys, we looked down and we realised that that floor was built of little hexagons, which is the beehive's logo. Isn't that weird? In pretty much the same colour. What's hilarious about that is that God was working in the architect and the designer years and years and years and years and years, and years before and he's like you wait till the beehives going to move in. Like that blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. The shop has now moved on to another location. It is seeing incredible things of God happening all the time. Help help me, Lord. Okay, I'm going to very, very quickly, I'm going to just give you some things to remember because hearing stories is really faith building and it's great Um, and actually I absolutely believe that even during the telling of these stories that there's breakthroughs that have been coming to people and there are some things I think that are the keys to living in a place of this. Very quickly. The first one is we've got to understand the power and the authority we've been given. Yeah. We took, there's loads of analogies you can use. It's like being given a present and never opening it. We've been given the most incredible access to power and authority. Let's use it. Let's use it. I've been blown away this week. I've been in Ephesians 1 just over and over again. And where it says in Ephesians 1, we've been given our inheritance is the same power God used to raise Jesus from the dead. The same. I I feel like I've read that a number of times. And yet now I'm reading it and I'm like, what? Like, can you imagine the power needed in a spiritual warfare to raise the Son of God from the dead? Can you imagine the level of battle and warfare going on? That measure of power that was needed to raise Jesus, is the same power we have been given as our inheritance. So when we walk into a situation that was impossible yesterday, I think the first key is that we have to understand the power that we have access to and the authority that we're given. We are not lacking what we need. Sometimes we lack understanding of what to do, and sometimes we lack wisdom. More often than not, for me, I lack courage. But actually, it's not that we are lacking the power we need It's about us getting together with the Holy Spirit and working out how to find breakthrough in that situation. Secondly, if we want to live in a reality of seeing God working and joining in, we have got to be interruptible. Like, it's so practical, but if you're busy all the time and you are always running from one thing to the next, you are going to keep missing God working all the time. He's doing it all the time. But if we're not interruptible... Just take the time to read Matthew 9. Jesus gets off a boat, he's on his way somewhere, he sees a paralyzed man interrupted heals the paralyzed guy, is on his way, still going on his way into the town when a centurion comes and says, my daughter is dead. Basically, please come. While he's on the way to her house, he's interrupted by a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. Who touches him, who then he stops, brings her not only physical healing, but immense emotional breakthrough and healing and affirmation. Then he goes, raises the daughter from the dead. On the way out of that house, he... Comes across two blind men that he heals, and then as he goes from there, he comes across a demon possessed guy. I mean, this, I mean, Jesus is next level, right? But we are told to be like Jesus. And, and do you know what? I do feel like if Jesus was on, on his way to meet someone at Starbucks and then he walked past all of these things with his eyes shut and didn't stop and wasn't interruptible, those people would still be, they would have just still been left in the condition that they were. But he had eyes to see. And he was interruptible to to partner with what the father was doing. And what's fascinating for me is at the end of Matthew 9, it says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. After, when you read that verse in the context of all the things that have just happened before it, it's like a cry that says, I'm going about doing this, 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 this. But oh my word, the harvest is plentiful, but where are the workers? Like we need to be joining in. And lastly, if we want to live in a place of partnering with God working, we have to be willing to count the cost. It's not easy. It won't always be how you want it to go. It won't always be obvious what God is doing. You have to expect and believe and join in anyway. And for me, it will cost me a whole dose of courage, of flexibility in my diary. Uh, of not listening to insecurities in my head. There's so many things. You all know the thing for you, but it is costly. But man, it's worth it. The day I start seeing tumours fall off people, I'll know it's worth it, right? Once you've seen those things, you can't unsee them. You can't unknow them. And so it doesn't mean I live full of faith all the time, but it does mean when my faith dips or when life is hard, I can know what I've seen and I know it to be true. So let's stand and I'm going to pray. And this is a great opportunity for you all to listen to Talk Plus, where on the video I can tell you all the other stories that I haven't had time (laughs) to tell you today. I'd encourage you, just where you are, if you feel able, just put a hand on your heart or a hand out. It's like a posture of receiving. Firstly, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are always working and we thank you that it's not down to us, that we can't coerce or persuade anyone into a space of the miraculous. But when we join in with what you're doing, anything is possible. And we ask that you would help us become a people where as a family, we go and take ground in Ashford and beyond, that every bus stop, every street, every school gate, every doctor's surgery, every supermarket queue, that like Jesus, we would have eyes to see what you're doing, that the morning would start with us saying, what are you doing today? How can I join in? What are you about to do? How can I help? And that you would give us a revelation of the power that you have given us access to. That we would be people that walk in your power. That we know you intimately as Father, but we know Holy Spirit's power in a way that spills out of us. In a way that we can't contain it. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you know every single one of us by name. You know our story. You know the way we come, how our hearts are. You know the struggles, the barriers, the joys. And you are just so interested in meeting with us personally. And I just encourage you just to keep your eyes closed where where you are. If you are here today and you feel like you have never stepped into a relationship with God or the Holy Spirit in a way that you walk with him, and you are saying, today, I want to start a new life with you. I want to start, I want to say my yes to you. Whether that's a yes again or a yes for the first time, I want to walk with you in this power. First of all, if that's just while people have got their eyes shut, if that's you and it's the first time you want to say, yes, I want to, I want to give my yes to this. Just right where you are, just wave a hand at me um, and I would love to, to talk to you afterwards and pray for you. And if that's you and you feel like that's a yes again, that you've come away from believing the power, knowing the power, knowing that this is possible and you say, this is a day to day. I want to do this from here on in. I would encourage you again while people's eyes are shut just to raise your hand as a a yes again. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for who you are who you've made us. And I thank you for all the stories that will come as we step out into Ashford and beyond this week. Amen. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember your are loved.